morning, beautiful people. It's the middle of the week. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. I'm here with you on Wednesday. I'm leaving at 10 o'clock. I don't have a 10 o'clock show. So I guess Harry will play the best of. <laughs> Although I would replay tomorrow, yesterday's um, conversation with the uh, Connecticut, uh, the folks who handled the, the, the legal stuff for the vets. Because uh, that, that was a good show. So illuminating. I, I thought about that show all day yesterday. I thought about uh, the disparities in, in between the black vets and the white vets. And it is, <laughs> I you know, if, if I seemed like I was stunned talking to her yesterday, it was because I was stunned talking to her yesterday. Because I, I, I just can't imagine. I, I guess I, I don't know why I can't imagine this, but I find it very difficult to believe. No, I don't find it difficult to believe. I'm mad that the government still continues to carry out white supremacy and racism in the in the manner that it does and refuses to do anything about it. And and when you don't do anything about it to me that's just a refusal. I I don't know what else to say. Uh you know, I do I think it's intentional or whatever. That's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is that there's so many layers to this thing. And they're not even deep layers. It's simple, simple things. Simple things around discharge and the levels of discharge and the way that people are discharged from a from a, a service that they willingly signed up for to serve and to give their lives to and then to be treated in such a manner. It's just unconscionable to me, just unconscionable. And and to my veteran friends out there, you know, this is this is something that that y'all can fight from the inside, as those of us as civilians fight from the outside, because this I that's just it was just not so yeah. So Harry, if you could run that show from yesterday, run it again today, I think that would be it. I think that would be perfect. Uh, it was just like a, it would be like a. a, a a two pointer, <laughs> a two two pointer. So, uh, uh, if you have a chance to read the Fred Hampton poetry uh, event that happened uh, Monday, uh, Brian Slatery did a wonderful piece up on it and some great pictures of these wonderful people. I was in the space, uh, so I want you to check it out and go to Possible Futures website Facebook page. Uh, it's all up there too. So. So if you, if you had not had opportunity and stay tuned for more stuff, more stuff is coming. You know, I'm in all kinds of stuff. I am moderating. Uh, let me tell you what I'm into next week. Cause next week is going to be, um, it's going to be a lot going on next week. There's a lot going on now, but, uh, more stuff going on next week. So Monday, Tuesday, Next Tuesday, I'm uh, with the Negro Business and Professional Women, Women in Communication. I'm excited because I'm going to be with some very powerful women. You know, y'all know Michelle Turner and Veronica Douglas and uh, and the sister from the CBS Morning Show. Uh, I'm going to be with her. And then um, there's a dance conversation that's happening at the Sandbox uh, with Len Peterson and Alexis uh, Robbins. Uh, I'm not going to be there for that conversation, but I am going to be at the uh, Omega Uplift Women in Communication uh, 
I'm sorry, women in leadership are moderating a wonderful panel of, of sister leaders. Um, and so that should be uh, a wonderful opportunity to talk with sisters. So I'm, I'm excited. So it's a, it's a week of a lot. <laughs> it's a, next week is a week of a lot. Uh, so, so yeah. So, and then, uh, next, next, uh, Friday is uh poetic soul feminescence and they're going to do it at orchid cafe. So, you know, spoken word, a little music, open mic, that kind of thing, you know, like an old school coffee house. You know, these young people don't know what a coffee house is. So, you know, they just call it open mic or whatever. But when I was a young sister, it used to be called coffee house. You know, coffee house, you meet up someplace in a coffee house and all manner of things go on. You know, entertainment stuff, poetry, spoken word, reading of poetry, music, some some jazz stylings, whatever. Whatever, whatever talent moves people. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, Juanita and 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 the and that millennial crowd and Shaw and uh, all all of them going to get together and pull off something. So that is exciting. I got up this morning, made me a cup of coffee. Uh, I don't think it's not my best made coffee. It's a little too bitter, so I might have put too much coffee in it and not enough water. Normally, I get the balance just right. Normally, I get the balance just right. Oh, wait, there's a message in the chat. What? Oh, okay, Harry. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so yeah, so that's going on. Uh, the weather was gorgeous yesterday. The weather is going to be kind of gorgeous today. Uh, we are marching in the spring. Uh, at some point, I'm going to start putting away winter things. Uh, because it is uh, not necessary. <laughs> I'm hoping that winter can go away. I could turn this heat down because my 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 heat bill is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, and and we're getting ready to, uh, for Marrakesh. So now now it's now it's in my front. It's in my it's right in front of me. Do you know what I mean? Like when it was like 180 days out and 200 days out and all that other kind of stuff. I wasn't really. You know, I I knew it was coming, but I wasn't like, ah. Oh. But now I'm now I'm starting to think about okay, what I'm gonna bring, start packing a bag, figuring out all the things that I need for this trip, that kind of stuff, pull out my compression socks. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. What do I need? What do I want? And get myself ready to travel across the world. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm Listen, it's going to be a good time. How can it not be a good time with some with some great people, you know? And uh, we're going to gather before that and uh, catch up with one another, and you know, just talk a little bit of expectations and and all that. Uh, so it'll be. I think people will have a good time. I want people to have a good time, and I want people to have a good time with me and without me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I'm in Morocco. We're going to turn up. Or turn down. We gotta do a little bit of everything, you know. Um, but I want people to free be free to go do all kinds of things. And don't wait for me, because there's a lot of stuff that you know Babs won't do. <laughs> so I just I want people to be aware of that. <laughs> there's things I'm not gonna do. I'm not camel riding. I'm not doing any of that. I have no desire to camel ride. I don't like riding animals like that. I never have. I know people do it, and it's a it's a good mode of transportation for that part of the world, touristy 
and and for economic survival for the villagers. But I, I don't need to do it. But that's just because I have a thing about making animals do stuff that they don't naturally do. But that's fine because people have been riding camels for a gazillion thousand years. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm not doing it. And I got no judgment about anybody else who does it. But I will drink up some mint tea, though. <laughs> I will I will sit there and drink up some mint tea. How about that? So I, it'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be a good time. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good time and, you know, we'll be about it. So I'm looking forward to uh, being out in the spaces and uh, checking out the hotel and just being luxurious, <laughs> just being black and lovely, <laughs> black and lovely. That's that is the order of the day. So. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, um, oh, I love the, I love the the stuff that the arts and ideas people put out. Um, I, I know those people that are part of the, uh, the, the materials high five to Arden. She looks amazing. Um, so it's good to see her a couple of other folks. So rise is the theme rise. So now I got to get Shelly on at some point, her and uh, Malachi and Shy and Juanita. And I get them on and we'll just you know have a run through about, you know, what can we expect? Okay. Last year was fabulous. What do we expect this year? So, so we'll see. Uh, I got a lot to do. So, uh, so Harry, I'm a craft. My, uh, I, I go to the doctors today. Uh, so I either have four more weeks of winter, <laughs> but either way, uh, uh, I I got to uh, uh, create a, a a workout plan. So it starts today, and I'm gonna create one, and it's just gonna be very very uh very easy on the body. Uh, I'm gonna use my bike more. Uh, I'm actually use my bike, my stationary bike in the house, and uh, and walk more. I, I'm feeling pretty pretty good actually. A little bit of nausea, a little bit of uh, upset stomach, uh, but for the most part, I've been doing well. So, uh, so we'll see today how this goes down. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, no matter what it is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fine. So, uh, uh, and I feel all right. So, uh, and I'm ready to 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 just you know do do some other things. So, and. Uh, Make some make some deeper commitments to myself around wellness. Make some deeper commitments. That is the plan. That is really the plan. And I'm about to do it. <laughs> I'm about to get into it. <laughs> I am about to get into it. Make a deeper commitment to health and wellness um, in a way that I have not done in a very long time. Uh, so this is the, so it all begins. Uh, and I'm about to get into it. I slept well last night. I've been sleeping well the last few nights, as a matter of fact. Well, not really. Um, I was up a little later than I should have been last night. I was up to about 1.30. Uh, and I, I and I was, I, I should have went to sleep at around 11. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I've got to, uh, the next time I get into that space, I got to like, okay, let's, let's just go to bed. It's, it's a lot. It takes a lot sometimes. 
and I, you know, I'm one of these people that suffer from insomnia, but I, I've not had a bout of insomnia in a long time. Um, so last night was a little, and I was hoping that it doesn't turn into like a three night event. Uh, but I went to sleep and I woke up this morning knowing that I slept hard. So I don't know. Anyway, we shall see what's happening. Um, I think we're going to have word on the street this morning. I think Paul Bass is out there scouring these mean streets in New Haven for some unsuspecting citizen. <laughs> Yesterday we had a conversation with uh, um, the brother from the firehouse up on Westville on Fountain, and he was lovely to talk to. And if you want to know about him, his story is up on the New Haven Independent. So uh, go and read all about it. I'm looking forward to the cafe stuff to come back on the street because, you know, in the absence of leadership, you get foolishness. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about this mayor. I swear I'm not. I'm going to leave him alone until uh, it's election time. And uh, we'll see what happens. <sighs> I mean, I'm, at, I'm over at the New Haven Independent. The usual stuff, you know. The wacky board of education, um, the cops that get fired for their their lack of professional treatment of of uh, a man in their care, uh, the health clinic over in Fairhaven gets uh, three million dollars, yay! Um, uh, you're gonna do more recycling in New Haven, I guess. Uh, the school board eyes a 2.7, I mean, a $207 million budget. Okay. Uh, thank God for the people who keep pressing for library access. I, I don't know how we have a world-class city and libraries don't meet the challenge of a world-class city. I, I don't know how you have a world-class city and not have world-class libraries open, but okay. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that we're a world-class city. I don't know. Um, again, the Fred Hampton 101, uh, wonderful. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Next Haven is doing all kinds of stuff over there. High five. Uh, oh, they've got three finalists for the uh, superintendent. I don't know why anybody would want that job. I'm telling you. No, no one is going to be happy with your performance. You might have a honeymoon of 90 days. And then after that, everybody's going to be whining. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Just uh, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Oh, the you have to start paying for the buses come April 1st. Is that an April Fool's joke? It said April 2nd. I wouldn't have said April 1st because that looks like a fool's day. I mean, it's fool's day. Are, are they serious? Are people going to have to start paying for bus rides? Okay. I would say April 2nd. I wouldn't have said April 1st, but leadership. That's because I would be thinking, is this a joke? I don't know. Maybe I'm too sensitive. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I am. I'll, 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 if I am, I'll own that. <laughs> and uh, 
I, you know, I'm still annoyed by this um this uh tense city sweep. You know what I, you know what this is what I would have liked to have seen happen, right? Instead of going there and bulldozing over this tent. Just, you know, I would have said, listen, if y'all going to be out here, this, these are the conditions that you could be out here. You have to make sure there's no trash. You have to make sure there's egress. You have to make sure, you know, all, I mean, you just put things in place, right? And then if I was the mayor, and I'm not and never will be, but if I was the mayor, I would have went out there a couple of nights and slept out there with them in solidarity to help raise awareness about how problematic this is. That's That's what I would have done. That's how I would, and I don't even like sleeping outside like that. But if I was the mayor, I would have shown solidarity. And then I would have, I would have dispatched my team to say, listen, if I, we understand that there's a housing crisis and we are doing everything that we can to leverage resources to support y'all getting housed. Uh, but until that, until we can rally the troops to get this to, to hand, get this handled in a, in a speedy and, and humane way, um, these are the conditions in which, um, we want you all to remain safe out here as we work on this diligently. You know, make sure it's clean. I would put garbage cans out there. I would put porty potties out there. And then I would have police friendly patrol it, right? Like just friendly patrol it. Not don't go up on them talking mess, pushing up on them and having some kind of class struggle with them. Don't do that. Just be walk through there periodically, patrol it like you would patrol any neighborhood, you know, and and just and just check to make sure that, you know, uh, it's it's healthy, it's safe and all of that until we can figure out, because otherwise, um, what what are you do? How are you helping the situation by bulldozing? So what you're saying is, if I read this correctly, well, um, it's a hazard, it's a danger. So. You think not containing them in a place of their choosing is more hazardous than them wandering the streets all willy-nilly trying to find places under bridges and doorways and all that kind of stuff. You think that's a better deal? Because we already know there's not enough shelters in place. I I'm not, who is running this city? Who? And who's at the table not having um, real uh honest god knows we don't have a structure in place so let's see how we can fix this how it is right now so we can get our arms around this and leverage this and figure this out rather quickly that's 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 how i think about things like i i don't don't treat them like they're a nuisance because that's what you're doing oh i can't stand to have them out there so i'm just gonna bulldoze that's inhumane. You know, no, it's not an ideal situation. It is. A, it's not an ideal situation. But, you know, we say in the community where I come from, they got to make a way out of nowhere. And and if you if you, you know, you could jump on stage and sing gospel songs when it's convenient for you. But you can't get with you can't walk in the midst of people who are at the lowest economic who was at the at the low end of the economic totem pole, and you cannot go over there and talk with these people and see these people, but you dispatch minions to bulldoze, but you don't go stand in solidarity and say, I understand, I'm trying to understand what is happening here, and I'm gonna I'm use every resource at my disposal to remedy this. You're not saying that. What you're saying is, 
I cannot stand you all out there. I'm a bulldoze and throw all your belongings that you've amassed over however long it took you to amass. And, and I don't care. This mayor is trifling. Go back and tell him I said so. <laughs> if I was the mayor, let me tell you, I would have went out there with sleeping bags and a really nice tent. And I would have been out there and said, listen, I'm going to spend a couple of nights. I'm going to build a campfire. We're going to sit. We're going to talk. I want to hear what your concerns are. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear how you got here. I want to hear where you come from. I want to hear what is going on in your life. That is leadership. But I guess you either have to be born to it. I don't know. I just I just feel like we have to we have to come to problem solving in a way that we've never come to problem solving. You know, we have to come to we have to come to problem solving with the level of empathy that we never had before. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing to say. And I get it. I understand. Listen, I understand you just don't want people setting up camp anywhere. I understand that. But they're not just anywhere. They picked a particular place that is what they th seemingly believe is is convenient, out of the way, all that kind of stuff. And until we can remedy this, let us work with what we have. No, it's not ideal. Nothing is ideal. Nothing is ideal. But until we're going to throw some money at it, you know, and get some resources and get everybody popping on the same cylinders, then we got to, you know what? This is, what, this, is what, this, this, this is my new thing. What would Karen Walton do? <laughs> what would Karen Walton do in this situation? <laughs> what would Karen Walton do? That's how I would uh uh that's how I, that's how I, I'm gonna frame this. <laughs> WWKWD. What would Karen Walton do? You know, I, I just feel some kind of way about this. I do. And uh, and I, I didn't get a chance to listen to her conversation with Paul, but I hear that it was so well received that people that people downloaded and listened to it from so many places far and away. And I know people are like, why she ain't the mayor? <laughs> I'm wondering the same thing. But listen, I don't got no control over that. So yeah, I don't know. I just come to things a little differently. I know people, people like, oh, a babs, blah, 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 blah. You know, say whatever you want. Drag me, whatever, whatever. Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I don't, I'm not worried about that because nothing you can say to me is gonna make any difference in my life. <laughs> people can cast all the dispersions they want. I I'm listen, I'll be 60 years old. That stuff bounces off me like Teflon. I don't I don't concern myself with it. I really don't. I, I don't concern myself with it. And uh I I don't worry about it. So so yeah. So anyway, that's that's where I'm at. That's that's what I I I I hope for and wish for, you know. And uh uh and I I I don't have any children in the education system anymore, but I have friends who still have kids in the education system. I, you know, listen, I'll tell you this. The other day I was at Possible Futures Bookstore. <laughs> and I think I set some people on edge when I said, 
I don't concern myself with kids because I don't have any kids. So, so I don't really like to spend time with people and kids. And, and then the room got quiet. I said, because my four children are grown up. But when my children were little, I was a very present mother. I put them in all kinds of things. They did all kinds of things. You know, uh, I, I I didn't hang out. I didn't, they, I was, when they got home, I was home. On the weekends, they saw me. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot going on. Uh, I was all about them. You know, they had games. I got them to their games. They had stuff to do. I got them to their stuff to do, you know. Uh, so I was immersed in, in their educational lives. You know, I, every school that they went to, I served, uh, on the school board or part of the PTA and, and believe me, it wasn't, it wasn't because I loved doing that stuff is because I knew that I had to, uh, ensure that, um, that, that their schools knew that I was the parent. Yeah. A lot of stuff still got by me though, as a parent, but that's just, I mean, that's just what it is. You can't can't you can't you cannot uh be at school 24 hours a day and you have to trust people to teach and guide uh you entrust them you entrust your children to their care however many hours of the day that you do it uh and that's always that's you know that that's the risk of schools sending kids to schools you know and uh and i don't i don't envy it because i i understand that parents are searching for opportunities for their kids i get it I, I understand that you are searching for opportunities for your kids. You want the best possible education for your kids and however way uh, that you could do it, you do it, you know? And so charter schools are just for me. Uh, and if people get all bent out of shape about charter schools, but for me, it's just for me, it's just an example of, of, of people wanting uh, uh, another educational opportunity for their kids, right or wrong. And I don't even know if it's right or wrong. I just know parents want some, control over their children's education and and charter schools give them opportunity to do that and magnet schools and all these other kinds of specifically designed schools because parents are forward thinking and they're like well my kid is an artist i want them to be in an artist environment my kid is a science kid i want them to be in a science environment my kid is a business kid i want them to be in a a, a, a business learning environment you see what I'm saying? So, and parents, if you pay attention, you you see where the strength of your kids rise. You know, some kids are, and then sometimes you have to make decisions about where they go based on the schools that you have, the deck that you have. And sometimes they might want to go somewhere and you're like, mm, nope, I'm going to send you over here. <laughs> These are your choices. You're not going over there. You're going to go, you get to go here or here. <laughs> And that's hard because kids want to, you know, kids think that they know and, and you want them to have some more autonomy and agency. But at the same time, you're like, mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> that is not the best environment for a learning opportunity that I think you should have. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And God knows. <sighs> I've had those battles. And we were uh, we were very uh, adamant about what we will where where they will go and where they won't go, uh, because we 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 were thinking we were trying to do the very best that we could do, and uh, I, I don't think we made bad choices. And uh, in hindsight, if I had to do it all, all over again, I think I probably would, you know, make the make the same choices. But I, you know, I would pay attention to some other things 
Um, you know, uh, I would, I would, I would pay attention to some different things at this, if I had to do it all over again, you know, uh, but you know, say la vie, <laughs> say la vie, say la vie. Uh, that's, you know, that's it. And so, so I, I think I say all that to say, I do not envy parents who are trying to, uh, figure out educational opportunities for their kids, uh, in ways uh, that are challenging and and uh, and uh, just tenuous at best. So God God bless the folks. But you know, I, I have a lot of sorors and a lot of friends who teach and uh, and who are still very excited about teaching. You know, there are still teachers out there who who are very much excited about teaching, who are wedded to teaching. Um. And who come come to it with the very best intentions of teaching, um, that 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 it is teaching is not only their calling, their ministry, but uh, but it is their calling, and and so uh, so I know I know some of them, um, I know some of them, and uh, and I admire I admire them uh, greatly. So here's to that. So. But yeah, I mean, listen, the world is a ghetto. <laughs> the world is a ghetto. <laughs> I listen, I didn't say that. War said it. I think it's war. I think war said it back in the 70s. <laughs> so uh ah, let's get into it, people. So I don't know where there's some word on the street at. I ain't heard from Paul yet. He must be out there, out there walking these mean streets of uh of New Haven, scouring people. You know what I you know what I would really like to do? I need a little beach time. I I I I need to get by the sea and just breathe in a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I need to uh I need to breathe some salt air. And uh, let me tell you something. As much as I love Newhall Bill, if I find out that I, I won some lottery money, you know, 100 million or 50 million or 20 million, I, I'm going to go find me a beach house. <laughs> I love Newhall Bill, but I'm going to go find me a beach house. You know, I'm going to go find me a beach house on the Connecticut coast. And that's where I'm going to be. So it'll be, you think the, the uh, Babs on the porch will retire and Babs on the beach will be, will begin. <laughs> so from porching to beaching. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm saying it right here. If I get a winning lottery ticket of 5 million or more, I'm going to go find me a beach house. Find me a beach house and it'll be uh Babs Beaching. Cause that's that's my dream. That's my dream to have a beach house. It's my dream. And you know, I like to have one before global warming, you know, makes it nearly impossible. <laughs> be before global warming, climate change, whatever the language is comfortable for people, for the realities of what's happening to us not being good stewards of the earth. I want a beach house and I want one in Connecticut because this is where I live. You know, I wish there was good beach property in New Haven, which I think there is, 
you know, but it takes so much to shake loose a house of it, uh, on the on the on Morris Cove and all that places because then people hold on to them properties forever. But if I get some lottery money, hear me, so people don't be mad and be like, oh, she's leaving the hood. Yes, I would leave the hood for the beach. That'd be the. I'm not moving to another neighborhood. If I win lottery money, I'm not trying to go to another neighborhood that I think is better than this neighborhood. There is no better neighborhood than this neighborhood. Hear me. There's no better neighborhood. But I will leave it for beach. <laughs> and I'm not talking West Haven either. I'm talking New Haven. If I could win some lottery money, I'm going to the beach. I'm not kidding. I'm 60. I got what? Maybe 20 more years if I'm lucky. I got 20 more years. I like to live them out on the beach you know, for, for summertime and then the rest of the time somewhere else in the world where it's warm. And I don't mean Florida, uh, me and Florida and the politics. First of all, I would, as soon as I crossed over onto the, onto the Florida border, I would disintegrate. <laughs> the level of white supremacy would implode me. <laughs> I would become a burning cross. <laughs> <laughs> and please, please, I get Miami. I love Miami. I love Orlando. I love it. But I cannot live in a place that has a governor so stupid <laughs> and so rooted. And he went to Yale. And I know Yale is like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Damn it. You know, so I so I say this to say, I ain't trying to live in Florida. Mm -mm, mm -mm, can't do it. Till they get a progressive, honest to God, democratic governor, I can't do it. No shade, Florida, but hella shade, Florida. So so I say all to say, if I win some lottery money, and I feel like I am at some point, because Retirement is 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 encroaching. I would find me some property on the beach. And even if I have to build it, right? Like if there's some land somewhere. And I know people, and I know I get it. You know, be, be, beach erosion is real, beach, all you know, all the things. But I still would like my turn at it. I would like my turn at it. You know, even if I could do it for 10 years, I, I would do it. You know, if I could do it for 10 years, I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 I would like to wake up in the morning and walk out on the deck and sit out there with my cup of coffee and see the, and see water, see the ocean and hear the ocean at night and walk on the beach in the sand. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and have hella parties and beach parties in the sand. That's, that's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. You know, now I might not be able to do the New Haven. I might have to go up the coast. You know, I might have to encroach, you know, in Madison or Guilford. You know, I might have to go up a little bit and 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 do that. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I would like to be in New Haven because it's my town. And uh, that's what I would like to do. <laughs> that's what I would like to do. So anyway. 
That's that's my dream. I have a dream. That's my dream. To have some beachfront property, you know. Be- before the before uh you know, climate change wrecks havoc and turns us into Jurassic Park. <laughs> or before it becomes, you know, desolate. Before Connecticut becomes a desert. <laughs> so, uh that's what I would do. Uh that's it. That's my dream. So, so I'm just letting you know. So it does not come as a surprise. So, so people won't, so when I win millions of dollars, people would be like, see, see, I'm telling you ahead of time. My dream is beachfront. Just so you know. Hey, Babs. Paul Bass found somebody. Good morning. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? I'm We're going to talk double speed this morning. Because John is running behind here in Edgewood Avenue at 99th Right. How you doing? 99th Right. How you doing, John? Wonderful. I'm doing good this morning. What's the word on the street? The word on the street is, uh, I don't know. You're running behind. Running behind. Now here you're doing maintenance? Yes. And this is that co-ops. Remember, they used to be co-ops and they got sold and they got renovated at 9th across from the old Dwight School. The oh, School. yes. I didn't recognize and you. And I know a lot of people here. So, John, what kind of work are you doing today here? At um, I'm repairing a couple of doors right now and a couple of lights. Okay, and, and how making sure the smoke detectors are good mm-hmm. before oh, good. I go to a meeting. Oh, what kind of meeting? Well, it's going to be a meeting where we talk about the properties. Oh, Whaley's? Uh, no, it's, it's at our other property. Okay. Yeah. Now, how often are you here? Are you the regular guy here? Yeah, all the time. And do you have a private company they hire? No, I work I work for Navarino Property. Oh, Navarino. I know those guys. Yeah. yeah. So how are the doors? What's it like if you put doors up? The people? Uh, just, just a door that needs a little repair on it. That's all. So and, I'm, I'm and, putting a repair plate on it and putting it back into place. And do people generally keep our properties well? Is it just a matter that it takes time for stuff to wear out, or are sometimes people rough on the work you yeah, do? Yeah, you get you get a mix of both. You get some that are roughed up, and you get some of them. There's a lot of people that keep their place nice. I mean, very nice, you know. So, and how much how, is this a typical day for you? You said you're doing a couple of doors yeah, this morning yeah. and a couple of fire alarms. Absolutely. Are you here every day? Yeah, I'm. I'm on. Either this site or another site. So, so you have two sites you're yeah, responsible for, and then I help on another site. Do you work by yourself here? Uh, on and off, yeah. And those there's people we help each other out. And how many years you done maintenance work? Long, longer than I can remember. Like more than five years? Oh yeah. More than yeah. ten years. Yeah. More yeah. Than 10 years. Yeah. Did you get started as a kid? Yeah, I'm a plumber by trade. And then in the eighties I jumped over to the electrical trade. It's good to have a trade. Uh, yeah. But you have two. You went from plumbing yeah, to electrical. I did. I Why did. did you make the switch? Well, I as a plumber, I watched all the uh, electricians show up on the job wearing golf shirts and sneakers, and I said, "I want to be that guy." <laughs> well, I was covered in dirt. <laughs> do you have golf shit now? No, I don't. You don't play no, golf? No, no. Oh, I do play golf. Well, I take my clubs to the course and I hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> now, the electrician yeah. puts in doors as well. Well, not really. To do electrical, you know, wiring lights and stuff like that. So you still do that. Uh, just a little bit here and there. But then your job changed the second time, it sounds like. So you went from plumber to electrician. Yeah. Yep. Then you went from electrician to general maintenance. Yeah. Because I, I like I like everything. I like to do everything. You know? And what do you like about the job? Are you looking forward to the door today? Not really. For some reason, on the door. Only because I got a lot of stuff to do. And it's a little bit of a... Yeah, it's a repair. You know. So you feel like it's more today than a usual amount of work? No. No, no. It's just... it's it's. It's a normal day in the life of the maintenance guy. And you know what it is? <laughs> number day last mate. No, we all think about that in our jobs. Some days we're psyched to work, some days we're not. Yeah. What makes today different? Like are there days when you're excited to go work on the door or is it just a uh, job? You no, know, here's the thing. I like to make people happy. 
You know what I mean? I like to get a job done. I like to make people happy. It's small things in life sometimes that make people happy. You know, when you're younger, it's more expensive stuff. When you get older, it could be, hey, I got a new crumb cup in my sink. I'll drill it. The water stops. You know what I mean? You know, when you get to that stage, you know. How much work do you do at your own house? <laughs> ask ask his wife. Ask my wife that. <laughs> You own, you own a house? I do, yeah. Is it in good shape? Uh, yeah, it's got work. It needs work to be. <laughs> ask his wife. Ask my ask wife. There's a whole wife. list. There's a whole list. How about the door? Oh, the doors are good. I can see the doors are good at home. Yeah. Bass, we got to let John back to work. You got any questions for him? No, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, it. So, you know what, John? What do you have for, uh, what advice do you give to uh, the DIY people? You know, the people who want to take on doing projects in their own house. Uh, I would say don't be afraid. Uh, don't go over your knowledge. In other words, don't take a, don't take a, it, it, you could learn a lot of things, especially with YouTube out there nowadays and everything else. Um, you can learn a lot when you go to the aisles of Home Depot. Um, but I would say stay within your, your comfort zone, stay within and be safe. Don't take on, if you don't know electricity, don't play with electricity. Mm. If you, you know what I mean? Be safe. Well, how do you know if you're learning if the Utah tube or not? How do you know if the Home Depot guy is telling you the right thing? Yeah, don't. You know what I mean? Well, you could only know by maybe if they got credentials. And I'm just going to tell you something about credentials. It's like a driver's license. You could say, I talked to a licensed contractor, but then you could go out on that road right there and there's people with licenses and there's people without licenses. And just because they have a license doesn't make them a good driver. Do you have a license? Yeah. What kind of license you got? I got a plumbing license. All right. John, I'm going to get his photo. We're going to say goodbye. Babs, this is John and Paul on Edgewood Avenue for Love Babs, Love Talk on WNHH, New Haven's home. Oh, that's good. I mean, I, 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 you know what? Thank you so much for that. Because I know there are people out there. Because my sister is one of these DIY people. Like she put in a whole new. She put in. She did both her bathrooms at her house: tile, tub, floor, plumb, all the stuff. And she just did some stuff the other day on her washing machine or whatever, or her freezer, whatever it is. My sister's always doing stuff. Like she's handy. But then we both came through tech school, right? Vocational tech school. So we're handy. I'm handy. I act like I'm not handy. So, well, not that I don't act like I. I I don't let people know how handy I am but I'm handy. Like I know my way around stuff like drills, saws, measuring. I don't do stuff. I just don't do it. I mean, I did it when I was in my house where like I had to fix stuff and I had to fix stuff, you know? So, um, yeah. Anyway, it's been real people. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I think tomorrow on is, I think on is here tomorrow. Yes. On is here tomorrow. So we're going to have a conversation about the Orishas, uh, you know, just, tapping into our spiritual side that's really that's really what we do and uh, and he always seems to come just in the time that i need to be aligned so so tomorrow morning i got on rua 10 15 so tune in if you need if you need some of your uh you need some of that uh arisha stuff and then i got uh ryan uh ryan rook who is the aquatic director for uh leap she's coming on friday to talk about y'all get your asses in the pool to swim Black people. <laughs> so I'm on my way out. Uh, Harry's going to play uh, uh, tomorrow, yesterday's show, talking with uh, the folks that I had on yesterday um, from the Connecticut uh, uh, Vets Legal Center. And uh, that was a good show. And, you know, check it out. Listen. And, uh, and yes, you know what? 
Gary Winfield, you are on my mind. Uh, particularly when I was talking to the to them yesterday, you kept coming up in my mind, and uh, and I wanted to catch up with you. So maybe I'll catch up with you uh, a little later because I know you're a vet, and uh, and uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Anyway, so listen, I will see y'all. I'm out in the ether. Thank you, Harry. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Paul. Y'all be good. Be safe. Be sweet. <laughs> Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Oh, yeah.